Welcome to Long Distance Listening, a music podcast. Hello and welcome to Long Distance Listening. I'm Andrew. And I'm Ginger Boy Nate. <laughs> Ginger Boy Nate. Which uh, might make our listeners who maybe haven't seen you uh, assume that you're a ginger. But I can confirm that that is not true. You're just eating a gingerbread cookie right now. Maybe. <laughs> yes. That's what's happening. But I, I thought the clarification was important. Um, that way when someone met you in the streets, uh, they were not confused. I know. Um, well... Ginger Boy sounds like a superhero in training. It does. Is that because you assume and that we don't they, want... they're all like not able to be fooled superheroes yet? <laughs> so they're just always in training. Am, am I trying to get you canceled? Maybe. <laughs> so I just don't want anybody say, saying, hey, like I listen to a music podcast with the superhero ginger boy on it that's fair so, that's fair that's all. to be also uh, to bring some other thing into this um, as someone who cheered for Carson Wentz uh, before I can also confirm that um, some gingers maybe should be backups and not be the real the, the full act mm. um, so not and I'm hero. saying some gingers um, I'm sure there's others that could be but um not that guy. All right. We are going to be talking about the band Always. But in case you didn't know that this band Always is one of those cool bands who doesn't use a W. That's stupid. They use two Vs. And it made me realize that the letter V is having a moment right now. It's been having a moment. Yeah, it is. Because off the top of my head, I thought of two other bands that have opted to use the letter V instead of the normal letter. So you have Always, or Always. You have Churches, or Churches, maybe my favorite. And yep. you have Howdy. Classic. Or Havdi. I've never tried that one. It yeah. didn't work as well. Havdi. Um can you think of any other bands that have opt for the letter V over other letters? Sure. I don't think so. I mean, I always think yeah. Audi and always. Those yep. are the two. I forgot yeah. about Church. Church. Yeah, they were the, they the, were the second oh. other one that came to mind. Um, it's different because in both Always and Howdy's case, they're replacing a W with a V, where Church is they're replacing a U. So it's slightly different, but. Um, yeah, but I do think I mean you got to give it up for the letter V. I don't know they're they're doing something right, and speaking mm. of doing something right, we're gonna be talking about always new album Blue Rev. Uh, if you haven't listened to this album, now's your chance to pause the podcast, go listen to the album, all fourteen tracks of it. Don't skip any. And listen to all fourteen tracks and come right back here, and we're gonna talk about that album. We're gonna talk about. Uh, at least the album as a whole. We're not going to go uh, through all 14 tracks in depth or anything like that, but we are going 
to talk through the album the best way that we can here. And uh, and I always like teeing these things up because Nate is our um, our podcast researcher. Um, we have a lot of people obviously involved in the podcast, the production of the show. <laughs> um, Nate's laughing because it's just me and him. But for a little bit there, we sounded really cool. Like we had a full team. Um, but between the two of us... <clears throat> Nate has taken on the role of lead researcher. Um, I don't know if it's because I'm a dad now and don't have time or because Nate's just better at it. I think that's actually the reason. Um, But Nate, for the most part, um, is finding bands at a much faster rate than I am and bringing interesting bands to mind that we should do. So I have the easy job of Nate sends me... 10 albums, I listen and I go I like these albums, let's do them um, it's a much easier job than Nate narrowing down from the hundreds of thousands of albums that come out and being like, here's 10 <laughs> albums Andrew, which ones do you like? Um, so um, so first well and just for some yeah. his- oh, just to interrupt you for yeah. some history like to overgeneralize how the podcast started Andrew was like, hey, I need help finding new music. And and I said, hey, I need somebody to share (laughs) new music with. Yes. And so it was just like a match made in heaven. In in my teen days, I was on iTunes. uh, I don't even know. Like, that's how I found music. But, like, I was on hours and hours just like looking up bands listening to the 30 second clips you could get on iTunes to see if I liked them and then possibly buying albums some sucked because they picked some really good 30 second clips but the albums were bad (laughs) but I felt like there was a season in my life where I found a ton of bands and then I was definitely in the season where I was not finding bands the same way and I was getting stuck in these loops of listening the same stuff again and again um so podcast was birthed out of that and just going like there's so many bands that i don't know about that deserve to be talked about and so many bands that if i don't know about them there's going to be other people that also don't know about them um so there's going to be people like me out there that just need told about these bands and that they should listen and then there's going to be people like nate who are listening to these bands and going, why is no one talking about them? They're so good, we should talk about them. And so hopefully you fit one of those two personalities, someone who um, either loves finding out about these bands that no one's talking about, or you love telling people about bands that no one's talking about. And uh, and I, at least for me, always fits that mold. Um, this is their, is this their third album? I'd looked up before yes so this is their third album this is the only album i know um by them because again nate just told me about them i don't know a couple weeks ago two three weeks ago maybe three um so i haven't had time to go back and listen to their other music nate do you know any of always music from the past or is this all you know from them as well yeah so i had heard about Always during the run-up to Antisocialites, okay. which is their sophomore yep. album, 
came out in 2017. Um, I had not listened to their self-titled, which uh, came out in 2014. I only listened to Antisocialites. I still haven't listened to their self-titled. I'm bad at going back and listening to albums that are old. So um, Antisocialites, the first song on Antisocialites, I believe it's called like In Undertow. Uh, Yeah, In Undertow. And it was just like one of the best songs of the year. I think it was incredible. Yeah. It was just, and to be honest, even right now, I don't know how good this album is. Like, Antisocialites might be incredible, but what I can tell you is, me as a music listener, I wasn't ready yeah. for always yeah. at that That's time. Fair. Like, whereas in the rev up ah, or the the run up, I like what you did to, there. To Blue Rev, I uh, I think I was at a point where I'm I've gotten so much deeper into indie music yeah. since over the past five years that it just kind of hit a sweet yeah. spot um, for my uh, likes and uh, yeah, so it's very natural yeah. listen. So, to be honest, even though this isn't my first Always album, I would say it's sort of my first Always album in the sense of a serious commitment to listening. Now, I want to ask you on the podcast something that I feel like I've asked you with different albums before, but um, this is just for my own personal um, curiosity. So, you sent me this album as just like, oh, hey, here's another option. Because um, we were deciding between a few things, and you sent it, and I listened to like yeah. thirty seconds of it. I was like, I kind of want to do this album. So, <laughs> um, I want you to answer two things because I feel like I know mm-hmm. the answer to one of them. Um, but um, two things first: when you sent me this album. Were you going, yeah, "Yeah, Andrew's going to like it? Or were you not sure? Mm. And the second one is, do you feel like my music tastes are predictable now? (laughs) Um, Hmm. That's a great question. So, I think... I'm sorry because I'm, I'm I'm really processing. Yeah. I think I think your music taste is yeah. predictable, and I think in reality it's far less predictable than I think it is. Um, to be honest, of the albums that I had sent you during uh, this strand, I feel like. It was the one I was expecting you... So there was three records. It was the one I was expecting you to like the least. And I think it's the one that you probably ended up liking the most. I could be wrong about I'm that. I the three and it's probably not worth... So Toledo, which we probably yes. will do in the near future, always. And then Holy Fun, which yes. we just did a minute ago. Um... I think you're... I wasn't expecting you to immediately like it. I was expecting you to go, oh, this is interesting. Let me listen. And I was expecting it to grow on you. I wasn't expecting you to be right away like, oh, I'm in. 
And I'm actually, that's a question that I wanted to ask you. Like, what about those 30 seconds hooked you? So, um, to answer that question by also saying, I think that my music taste is fairly predictable right now. I do think it's it would be less predictable to almost anyone but you. But I think that you figured me out. Like, we've had such a long friendship and relationship yeah. together. And a decent bit of that friendship and relationship built around music. Like, yeah. a good... Definitely the foundation. Yeah, a good core of that. And so, we've evolved a music taste together. You've also in a lot of ways shaped my current music taste because of how many of these bands you're showing me and and we've done this podcast long enough you've heard me talk glowingly maybe about albums that maybe a while back you might have questioned and and not so glowingly maybe about ones that that you thought I would or something like maybe there have been some twists and turns along the way but I I feel like you kind of know what I like and what I don't um, the things mm. that stand out to me about always, and this is going to start to just really get into the album, that stand out to me is just things that I inherently like right now are I'm honestly kind of a sucker for, in indie music, a female-led voice right now. Actually mm-hmm. probably gets me um, excited a little faster than a guy's voice. I, I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> You're laughing. Um, I know why, but uh, we're gonna move fast. Um, I think there's. So what you're saying is your. Uh, yeah, yeah. I did not mean excited in that way. I think that there's something about um, guys' voices that are feeling like in indie th- music itself. There's um, the guys' vocals can be really weird. And they take a mm. little bit of time, and, and I'm overgeneralizing, but they take a little bit of time to sink in. Like, I feel like I have to really listen to some of the guys in indie music, even some of the really popular acts, to finally be like, okay, I like this vocalist now. Where I feel like there's something about, like, and, and I'll group a few vocalists together, even though they're very different, but, like, you have always... Soccer mommy, Japanese house, like that female, like soprano voice, if you will, um, with just the right production on it, just feels so pleasant um, to hear. And it doesn't take a lot of work to envision liking the vocals, which is a good start. Um, There's also something I think that always does that um, it's kind of this whole I don't know wave of like production and everything sounding like this throwback music this is nothing new but it's kind of this like I don't know um, late 90s stuff that's been happening for a bit here even with some 80s synth uh, stuff Um, it's not a new wave which is probably where always fits for me something that's already been a prescribed like I really like this already with artists like Soccer Mommy I'll point out as just one um, 
where like I've really liked Soccer Mommy for a while. And some of those elements are here. So when I hear those elements, I go, yes, I already know an artist and like an artist with similar elements. Um, um, yeah, there's like chorus on the guitars and um, and these just really beautiful yet like, I don't know, cutting through synths um, and, and just some of that stuff along with like, Layers and layers of production on the vocals. All those things kind of fit this, like, yeah, I'm going to like it. I don't know. It, 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 after the first 30 seconds, which also, to be fair, the first little bit of Pharmacist, like, not that that song goes way off the rails and I hate it by the end, but, like, Pharmacist is a good first song because yeah, it kind of pulls you in right away. As long as you're going to like these elements, like, if you don't like Pharmacist, Honestly, you might not like this album that much, and it's not actually the song I'm picking as my yeah, favorite. But I just, I just <laughs> feel like they kind of give it to you right away. Like this is, this is what we are. Um, so, I don't. I think that answered that plus a ton of my other thoughts about the album and, and music in general. Um, so, what were your thoughts with this album being kind of your first always album? Were you listening to singles? Any lead up to this, or was it really just albums out? Let me listen. Oh, I like this. I don't like this. What What are some of those thoughts? Yeah, so I listened to because so because I liked In Undertow so much, and I was like, I've been having always like on my radar, like hoping they'd release a new record um, at some yep. point, um, and. When I saw Pharmacist came out, I gave it a listen and loved it. Um, And then I think the second single, I I forget the order of the singles. Um, I forget if Very Online Guy was a single or not. But anyways, I remember heading into the record being like, oh, like, I might like this. But I wasn't, like, wicked excited. And even listening to the record, I was like, oh, it's good. Like, it's fine. And the song that won me over and that got me, like, oh, this is actually, like, really sick. It was actually Tile by Tile. I, I was looking at the album trying to predict what song and... I just my eyes were staring at tile by tile. I was like, I wonder if that's <laughs> yeah. And I mean that that track, it just like it's definitely a different track for them. Um, a little bit more men I trusty without at all sounding like yeah. men I trust. Um, but it was such a cool atmosphere, and it really brings you into her vocals and. I think her melody... I think uh, two things, and you, you sort of addressed this earlier, but her melodies on this record are absolutely incredible. Her cadences, her... Like, she knows... She... Honestly, her performance on this album, she doesn't have, like, an Adele voice. No. Like, nobody's trying to act like she's, like, the most talented vocalist in the world. But I would say her vocal... Um, creativity was is masterful on this album 
And I also think the production on this album is, in my opinion, and I'd have to, I might be wrong, I might go against this later, but of the records that I like this year, this record has the best production. And I honestly don't think it's even close. And that's not to like, obviously, we love, I love a lot of production this year. But like, I think these songs have the ability, even though the songs are really well written, if produced differently, I think they'd come across a little bit more run of the mill. Interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. But the, the way that they're produced, like, it's just like, it, every song feels special and important and uniquely tailored to fit a certain feel. Like, even just to quickly talk about pharmacists, because we've talked about so much and just to hit on it. But like, the way it's drowned out for those first three or four seconds and then hits it just like it's a sign that the production is going to be like doing manipulating you and the whole record and it does you listen to a song like very online guy which i think the production's like so blatantly obvious in that track like it fits in the theming so well and it creates all these weird textures and like again the vocal um effects at different points this the production on this is they go in so hard and so but all that's combined with wicked good songwriting and i know it's i sounded like the songwriting wasn't incredible by establishing how good the production was excuse me but the songwriting is so good. And I think we had talked about this on the last, and I'm, this is the last thing I'll say. I'm sorry no, for you. No, you're good. I took we had talked about this. Before. Keep talking. <laughs> we talked about this on the last episode we just did like 20 minutes ago, the Holy Fawn record about like lyrics. Like this is a record where I have not like really focused yep. on the lyrics yep. too much. Um, but I know the lyrics are all substantive. And it's like just by the feel of everything. And then when I am listening, so like I think the probably the song I've listened to the lyrics the most are Easy On Your Own. Mm-hmm. Um, like they hit you like a bag of bricks. Like just like such good uh, imagery, so honest. Um, yep. Just like not pulling any punches or beating around the bush just like getting to the heart of it um thematically um i think and she does that whenever i'm like paying attention to the lyric she's doing that and uh, sorry one last thing because you had mentioned female led uh vocalist i'm i don't know all the members in the band but from live videos i've seen i'm pretty sure it's a predominantly female band interesting um too which Thank goodness. Like, I think sometimes, obviously, you and I both, we love female-led groups. I think, unfortunately, sometimes that, like, female vocalist becomes this, like, token that bands use versus... uh, Not for the sake of pretending uh, diversity, but it ends up accomplishing that, where it seems like, wow, like... 
look at women in music, but it's like, oh, we'll just give her the yes. vocals and and yeah. that's it. Where this band really does feel woman, like women let are leading this band. And I mean, I don't have my top ten uh, list figured out yet, but these women are either at the top or near the top because they have just released an incredible, incredible yes. record. Yes. Yeah, this whole album is great. What's amazing, just because we're doing it back-to-back with Holy Fawn, is like, Holy Fawn's album, 10 songs, 50 minutes. This is 14 songs, 39 minutes. And so whenever I look at a 14-song album, I get actually a little overwhelmed because it's a lot of yeah. songs. <laughs> I feel like you have yeah. me till about 12, um, that I'm not overwhelmed. And then anything after 12 feels like a chore um but there is something nice about the fact that it's not a long album um that like so i have 30 minute commute to work i can listen to most of the album i really just miss the last like i can listen to the first 10 songs um and then i really just miss the last uh um like four basically um there and can still obviously listen later but um, it's not an overly long album, and I think that it actually works really well um, for this album because I think that there's a lot in each song, but there's not enough to like lengthen each song. Like each song feels like it's the right length, the right vibe um, for it. There's a lot of stuff that I don't know how to say this without pointing out my favorite song. They can do a lot with a little, is maybe mm. the best way I'll put it. That, like, a what's their longest song? Three twenty-six. Yeah. Um, Tom Verlaine is like their longest song. It's three minutes and twenty-six seconds. It's not very long. Yeah, that's actually kind of nuts, especially after we just did yes. Holy Fawn. Yes, it is. <laughs> but if you listen to each song, each song feels like it's moving and. In- changing a lot like they're not a predictable verse chorus like intro verse chorus verse chorus bridge chorus outro like that's not them they change it up a lot um throughout the songs to keep things interesting to keep um i don't know when i listen through the 14 songs i feel like i've gotten more than 14 songs um just from a musical standpoint they use some very interesting chords in the songs as well. They're not prescriptive or or um, prescriptive songs. Right? They're not um, predictable. That's the word um, in their chords, and that also even as early as pharmacist that shows up, and that always keeps me interested because it feels like you you might be in a style that a lot of people are trying to stand out in, I think, at this point. But you're actually standing out because of some of the choices you're making that no one else is. You're making some of these really interesting chord changes. And you're making some of these um, song structure changes that are very interesting, too. So there might be other bands that got me to the point of liking a band like Always. But Always feels really polished in what they're doing. And it's funny, um, I was just telling Nate, like, because I didn't know any other background, I really was listening to this. 
there's certain bands that I listen to and I go like, this could be a debut album. If this was a debut album for them, it'd be like insane just because they feel like they've worked through how to work as a band, how to write these songs and what they're doing. This album feels so polished and it could be, I have honestly, and this feels bad because you're saying it's your favorite production of the year. And I love the production, but I have not paid as close attention as I feel like I should have to that. Um, but the production could be one of the reasons that it feels so polished and so mature. But I was like, oh, this is probably a band that's been doing stuff for a while. My assumption was they just got signed. Like something just blew up and mm-hmm. that's why they're like somewhat newer um, on my radar. But um, that's not the case here um, from what I could tell. But yeah, sorry. Any thoughts? Well, and I wonder, I wonder what impact and I, I haven't read any interviews or listened to anything but I wonder what impact COVID has had because their debut was 2014 and Antisocialites was 2017 yes. that's a three year yes. gap which I think most artists are two yes. to three years then there was a five year gap between that and this and I wonder if and there's 14 songs which I didn't look yeah. at their other albums to see, but like that is more songs. Like there's almost like an overabundance of music that they'd worked through in that time. Yeah, no, definitely. I think you're spot on with that. I mean, we have I think ten on Antisocialites and on their self-titled Nine, yeah. and so that's a huge difference. We have thirty-two minutes of runtime on both of those records there's another seven minutes on this and so i i wonder if that and who knows maybe that's not the story for them maybe they stopped writing and started writing after the pandemic and just like wrote the record in a year and released it who knows Uh, i'm sure somebody does let us know um but the thing is, is that it does feel like they took their time in a very positive way. And it's rewarded with how well these songs turned out. So, um, yeah, yeah, well, you I just keep wanted going. to see here because probably start to wrap it up. Um, but yeah. what, um, so I feel like we've mentioned vocals um, a lot. I was mentioning changes. What are some of the other elements or things that stand out to you on this album? Anything else that you'd really like to touch on here? Yeah, I mean, I think you made a great point about their um, core decisions. Um, overall, I think they do a good job of writing straightforward songs that aren't straightforward. So, like, that sort of makes sense where it doesn't, but, like, um, these songs, all of them, I would say, are consistent. Like, and, yeah, like, and... I would say about half of them are probably like extra straightforward. Yep. So like Belinda says, Bored and Bristol, Velveteen, Tom Verlaine, um, Many Mirrors. Like all those songs are just like steady and consistent. 
And even like Easy on Your Own after the Earthquake Pharmacist, like those are a little bit more upbeat, but they're still very consistent. I would say the thing about them, though, is they just do it in such a pure and and um, I would say like skillful way that songs that are straightforward are not boring or songs that are similar don't feel at all the same and so I just think they do a really great job of diversifying the record despite it not really being that diverse (laughs) yeah like like there's really only like three or four types of songs on here and it feels like every song is new and fresh and has its own identity. And so I just, I love that about the record because when you're able to do that, you're able to create this cohesion um, that makes it feel like one piece, one beautiful piece. Um, And so that's honestly my favorite part about the record as I kind of like share my closing thoughts. Like, I love that from start to finish, you are invested the whole way through and they never, even though they're doing a bunch of different stuff, they never stray off the path. They are like keeping you in. And I think, again, just go back to the production. I think a lot of that is the production helps tie everything together um, and the songwriting. Um, You can tell they're very intentional about writing a single record here. Yeah, I'll just kind of pick up where uh, you left off just because I think we have very similar thoughts about the album as a whole. This album, the one thing that I did not expect that usually gets in my way, there's not a ton of um, dynamic changes on it. Like, it's all fairly consistently loud. There's some soft moments, but they don't last very long. I would say the core of the album is kind of this, like, do-do-do-do-do-do-do, like that type of a just, like, driving drums and everything kind of building off that. I'm used to usually, like, I don't know, first few songs might be loud, then there's, like, a really slow song, and then they pick it back up and then a couple slow songs and pick it back up and slow song to end or whatever. Um, that there's a little bit more of that. Where this album doesn't have that near as much. There's not that like, oh, okay, here's our like super quiet song and here's our overly loud, like louder than most song. Um, so normally I'd be like there's not enough variety on it. But I think between chord changes... Between instrument changes, because there are different instruments that take lead at certain areas, um, and between, I think, I think it might just come back a lot of this to the vocals and production too, like production keeping everything similar for those changes that do happen that are pretty abrupt and weird, um, even if it's not a huge volume change, it's a, it's a weird change um, with some of the chord structure changes. But then her vocal melodies and harmonies. There's also some really good harmonies on this too, which I, I definitely, yeah. uh, when I was listening on my way home from work today, I was like, point out the harmonies, Andrew, because like it really, <laughs> there's some really good work. 
done there as well. Um, so I feel like there's a lot there to like, and I feel like unlike some of the other albums, and I'll even just mention because we've mentioned like we just did Holy Fawn. Holy Fawn, there's a part of me that like understands if someone doesn't like um, them because yeah. they're doing oh, yeah. weird stuff. Um, I feel like always does weird stuff like. Like, it's at least weird if you're, like, really listening and trying to analyze the music. But I feel like it's passively normal enough that it shouldn't pull you out enough. That I feel like they're one of those bands that I'll, like, have a harder time with someone like, oh, I just don't like them. Like, why? Why don't you like yeah. them? Because they're so good at what they do. And I don't feel like they're doing anything that's, like, so out there and weird that, at least for a passive listen wouldn't be like oh yeah this is this is groovy this is fun like I should enjoy it like I just feel yeah. really good listening to this album it's really fun um, yeah I do like the lyrics on Belinda Says that's probably one of the few lyrics that I know um, she does some interesting stuff and I don't know who's writing lyrics but I'm gonna say she um, <laughs> and uh, and yeah does some interesting stuff with how she uses some of the same words um, or same sounding words there um, that's all I'll say there. All right. Any other thoughts here? Are you cool if we uh, jump into favorite songs? Yeah, I think jumping into favorite songs, again, just mentioning quickly before the album artwork. Yes. I mean, I don't know the background, but like uh, such a great album piece of album artwork. I mean, it's just... It's so good. Bias. The colors, yeah. the authenticity of the picture itself, the girl's eyes yeah. being like panicked, um, and the parents there. I mean, the, there's so much messaging going on, and uh, I just absolutely love it. My assumption has been this is a childhood photo. It might not be, but that that is at least my assumption because um, it feels like about of that age and I don't know some of that stuff looks too legit to to recreate or have that be a new photo anyway <laughs> so um, yeah but yeah yeah I agree it's really good all right Nate uh you want to start us on favorite favorite track sure I already mentioned mine I yeah. think and it would probably be tile by tile yeah, yeah. um it's a good choice I I just love it. I think if I was to pick another one, it would probably be Pharmacist. But Tile by Tile, it's... I think it's a really good song to show how they're not just a forward-driven rock band, like indie rock band. Like, I think a lot of their best songs are that, like, progressive, like, we're moving forward, we're... Um, upbeat we're driving somewhere Um, and I think a lot of their strengths fit that style but they're able to pull off a much more like restrained and atmospheric um, and beautiful track tile by tile I feel a weird comp because like you would never think this but it has like Lena Del Rey vibes like for me like the vo- the vocal performance yeah. and the verses, I think, um, especially. But and I love I, I really do love the vocal yeah. performance on that song. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, just such a captivating track for me. What about you? Yeah, I was between a couple, and what's really funny is I think this just shows how strong the album is. You picked Tile by Tile, and I was, like, jealous, but that wasn't one of the ones that I picked. And then you mentioned Pharmacist, <laughs> which I was like, yeah, why Why did I not also, like, think of that? Like, I think it is such There's a... too many I good songs. I think it's a really strong album where, like, I'm torn between two, which means the ones you're torn between, the best <laughs> thing we're going to get is three and four, and I'm, like, jealous. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, think, I think it's a really good album. Um... So mine, I'm going to pick Pressed. Pressed has become recently just the song that every time I'm there, not only are the melodies super catchy and it's super fun, but the dynamic changes. I feel like I'm pulled for a whirlwind on that song. What's funny is I had not looked at how long that one was until just now. And when I was saying they do a lot with little, it is two minutes and ten seconds. It's the Mm. third shortest song. I'm just going to encourage people. Um, I mean, listen to Tile by Tile afterwards. But go back and listen to Press and see how much happens in that two minutes and ten seconds. And tell me it's not, like, extremely impressive to fit that much dynamic and musical changes into that short of a time frame. I think that's really impressive. Without it feeling like it's this, like, really weird experimental track either. Because, like, you could do more than they're doing in that same time frame but I would say it all flows so well that you don't think about it like I would have guessed that was a three and a half minute long song just because I never felt like they were rushing these changes like okay we gotta get to the next thing and the next thing Um, but um, yeah it just I think press is really cool and probably will get lost in here for a lot of people Uh, Tom Verlaine's another one that I really liked and that was they were actually the two I was Suck it. I really like that area of the album. I think uh, I think you kind of settle into the album there. Then I think Tile by Tile, talking a later song, it's not that late because there's 14 songs, but a uh, later song, that's the one that stands out to me there in the last what, five tracks. Um, it's definitely the standout, if not six or seven. Um, so, all right. Um, I think we talked about this album enough. So if you haven't listened to Always New Album, uh, Blue Rev, it's excellent. We both love it. Good chance that it'll show up on one or both of our top ten. I have not started work on my top ten. I never do, and I get mad at myself. I and I have nine of my ten set. Okay. So I, I need to uh, start work on that. So I feel like I've promised in my heart and my mind uh, 20, 30 albums would make my top 10. So, uh, so it'll be fun <laughs> once push comes to shove to see who ends up where. Um, stay tuned for those episodes. They're coming up here pretty soon. Um, our end of the year episodes. In fact, those are probably the next ones we're recording. So it could be the very next week here. Um, we'll be putting those out. But, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, if you have not subscribed to the podcast, we would love and appreciate you if you would do that for us. So go ahead and subscribe wherever you are listening. Um, oh, I did want to mention one of these songs is actually written about Nate. Um, very online guy. That's what we call Nate. Um, mm. We say he's a very online guy. And if you would like to connect with Nate on our socials, because he's Great a very segue. online guy. I know I did plan that segue once I was saying it. I was like, oh, I got it. I got to get it back here. Um, 
you can reach out on our socials on Twitter and Instagram at LDLpod. And you can also email us at listening at gmail.com. And because Nate is a very online guy, he will respond to you. Um, since last episode when he checked, which was only 20 minutes ago, um, uh, checked and had 35 unread emails, um, he's cut that number down to 34. So he's making some making some real headway here and i feel like uh i feel like for a very online guy he's gonna catch up you know well it's hard to the, all 35 of those emails were from within the last two hours just because we we've just got such a study yes. steady influx of exactly. requests and fan yep. mail and all yep. that stuff but the reason why i thought you were saying online i'm a very online guy uh, as you were like, oh, the song that describes yeah. me um, is because that guy seems like a douchebag. <laughs> uh, so that's definitely why I thought you said that until I got the segue and I was like, oh, he's actually no, just, just being yeah. funny in a less aggressive yeah. and I meant uh, nothing, demeaning way. I meant nothing mean about it. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry. I did say the song was written about you, and if people are listening to lyrics uh, and think yeah. that's you, um, I probably didn't do yeah. you any favors. She she kind of she kind of tears on yeah. shreds. Yeah, I apologize about that. Um, that's all right. But, it's okay. You know? No, no harm. No. <laughs> well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you back on our next episode. Thanks, and have a great day. And that's when I realized I didn't even have any pants on. But hey, it's Arby's.